When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. On January 1st, 2014, scuba divers were exploring the waters off Katow. They were just off the coast near the hillside resort when they came upon a body floating in the water. It was a young adult male who it appeared had not been in the water long. It looked like he had dried blood on his face and a large gash on his head. That young man was 25-year-old Nick Pearson. He was on a family vacation with his mother, Tracy, his father, Graham, and his older brother, Matt, who taught English on Katow. The island police ruled that Nick Pearson had fallen 50 feet into the bay and drowned. Despite claims of a fall, Nick had no broken bones. While police ruled out foul play, Nick's family believes he was murdered. Welcome to Death Island, a production of KT Studios and iHeartRadio. Episode 7, The Case of Nick Pearson. I'm Connor Powell, an investigative journalist at KT Studios with Stephanie Lidecker, Courtney Armstrong, Andrew Arnau, and Jeff Shane. Just a note about our process. In this episode, you're going to hear Andrew and I tell the story of Nick Pearson. 
Now, we spent months attempting to contact countless people for this podcast. We tried to reach out to all of the families of the victims and as many people connected to our stories as we could find. Many families simply remove social media accounts due to harassment or simply don't want to talk about Kotal and the loved ones they lost. Still, we spoke to many people both on and off the record to get a full account of Kotal, not only for this podcast episode, but for the entire series as we could. In December of 2015, Nick came to the island of Kotal with his family to celebrate the holidays. It was the seventh time the 25-year-old had visited Kotal, and Nick was out enjoying himself. The family spent New Year's Eve having dinner and drinks and stopped off at Chopper's Bar and Grill for a cocktail. Nick's mother, Tracy, said that after their meal and drinks, they headed out to Sari Beach for the New Year's Eve countdown and fireworks. At about 1 a.m., the family headed back to the hillside resort where they were staying. They were sleeping in bungalows on a steep hillside that overlooked the sea. Nick's father, Graham, and his brother, Matt, walked him back to his room and put him to bed. According to Matt, Nick had an infection in his knee from a few days earlier and was having trouble walking. Nick's father remembered putting Nick into bed, pulling up the sheets, and Nick saying goodnight. The next morning on New Year's Day, the family began to worry because they hadn't seen or heard from Nick for hours. They knocked on the door of his room, but there was no answer. Nick's parents alerted hotel officials, and with a master key, they opened the hotel door, but he wasn't inside. So the question was, where was Nick? After several hours, friends came to Tracy's room with news. Hotel staff had told them that Nick had been found dead floating in the sea. Scuba divers found Nick's body at the base of a 50-foot cliff just off the shore of the resort. Nick's parents were taken to a temple to identify the body. Upon seeing their son, they noticed that his head had a large gash. The police ruled Nick's death as an accident, that Nick, possibly still intoxicated, had fallen 50 feet down into the water and died. But Nick's family had questions. Why would the 25-year-old who was having trouble walking because of his injury go for a walk after the family had put him to bed? Nick's brother Matt wondered if Nick could have been sleepwalking and fallen into the water. But with the layout of the resort, there were winding stairs turning at sharp corners that would have prevented someone from falling into the sea. And even if someone did fall down the stairs, they would stop as soon as they hit one of the corners. There's no direct fall into the ocean. And even if Nick had somehow managed to fall down all of the hundreds of winding stairs, eventually he would have been stopped by the massive rocks blocking the path to the sea. Both Tracy and Matt don't think it was physically possible that Nick could have fallen into the ocean from his bungalow at the resort. With their questions mounting, the family had an autopsy done in the UK. The autopsy showed that Nick had no broken bones. How could he have fallen 50 feet, as the police suggested, without breaking a single bone in his body? The pathologist noted that there were many injuries on Nick's body, including to the head, limbs, and face. He said that most of these would have been present prior to his death. He could not rule out the possibility that Nick had been attacked. But the questions of Nick's parents fell on deaf ears in Kotal. Tracy also questioned the thoroughness of the investigation done by Thai police. The police didn't even look at his room or the area where he was found for clues. And there was another troubling detail. Nick's hotel room key was still in his room. The hotel room key could point to Nick being forcibly taken out of the room, 
possibly by someone who had access to a master key, like staff or maybe the owner of the resort. But there was no follow-up from local investigators. The question remains, who on the island would want to harm Nick Pearson? Nick's mother, Tracy, remembered something that happened the night of her son's death. He met a Thai girl that he liked, and he was chatting with her, and they seemed to be getting on. Tracy wondered if that had caused offense on the island. Did a jealous boyfriend follow Nick back to his bungalow and do him harm? Connor spoke with journalist and author Sue Buchanan, who wrote the book The Curse of the Turtle, the true story of Thailand's backpacker murders. At the time of Nick Pearson's death, she was editor of the Sumui Times, a local paper on Katao. I was told that he'd been um, schmoozing one of the Tuichian family's girlfriends in the bar. The Tuichian, who we've spoken about before, are one of the handfuls of families who own most of the land and businesses on Katao. And is that something that could get you killed? Yeah, in Thailand, it doesn't take much. No, that, to me, that, that was completely plausible. Based on everything you had seen on the island? Yeah, based on, I mean, I've been living there for quite a long time by then. So, yeah, I, that was what I was told. I mean, I, I knew quite a lot of the police on Koh Samui, and they, they knew the police on Koh Tao. So they just said, yeah, he'd been trying to cop off with Gohan's girlfriend, and she was making buying noises. She was really interested in him, and that made her boyfriend lose face. Like, if she'd have not responded, he, he probably would have been all right. One of the things that Ian said was that the police in, on Koh Tao, Thailand in general, they're really there to make sure that Thailand doesn't look bad. And so it's easier to either not investigate or if you're going to investigate, blame it on a foreigner. Is that your experience as well? I think you've got to remember that the north of Thailand and the south of Thailand is completely different. Like southern Thailand, the police are not paid enough, right? So the police are on a very, very, very low salary. They have to buy their own weapons. They have to buy their own ammunition. So the only way they can make enough money is to take tea money and take bribes because they can't feasibly live on their salaries. When you say tea money, you essentially mean like bribes? Yeah, bribes, yeah. The other thing you have to remember in Southern Thailand is if you want to be the chief of police, you buy that role. You don't go to police training school and learn how to be a policeman and then get promoted every year. You buy your position. So if your family say, right, well, we need someone in our family to be in the police, then they'll all club together and they buy their position. So if you're a poor family, you're just going to be a really lowly policeman who doesn't have a lot of power. If you can borrow money and rock up some money, you can buy a position much further up. And then the further up you are, the bigger cut of the tea money you get, right? But you're only getting tea money from, you know, businesses that are looked after by the mafia. So your boss is not, you know, the police in Bangkok. Your boss is whoever's patch you're on. These patches Sue is referring to are ones owned by the ruling families on Katao. On Katao, I mean, the police work for the families, right? I mean, that's, that's their role is to make sure the families are getting paid. Yeah, well, their role is to do whatever the families tell them to do, cover stuff up, basically. They just lose evidence. Say, for example, I was a big mafia family there and I just decided to kill someone. The first thing I do is call in the police that are on my payroll and tell them to get rid of all the evidence. We should take a moment to acknowledge that it's very difficult to verify what Sue Buchanan is saying. We're not on the ground in Katao, we're 10,000 miles away. But if even part of what she's saying is accurate, then that's worth investigating further. In any case, it appears that Thai police didn't do much of an investigation into Nick's death. Tracy believes the police didn't want to investigate Nick's death because they wanted to protect their tourism industry. They ruled it an accident to save face for Koh Tao and for Thailand. 
Now, it's important to remember, as many people have told us, a big thing in the Thai community is saving face. And one thing that foreigners are often warned of is don't talk to local women. To give context to the time of Nick's death, nine months later, the brutal murder of Hannah Witheridge and David Miller would occur not far from where Nick's body was found. We're continuing to try to track down more documents and information relating to the case, and we'll return to it in future episodes. Let's stop here for a break. We'll be back in a moment. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, the Apollo Jim murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. 
We're actually reopening an old case and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just six months prior to Nick Pearson's death, an alarming incident happened to another traveler on Katow. In July of 2013, Carla Battelle, her sister, and her friend Ashley arrived in Thailand. A friend of mine and I were in university and, you know, we just were sick of studying. One day we were just like, let's get the hell out of here. And we looked at places and I've always wanted to go to Thailand. It looked like a really fun place, especially when you're a young, early 20s university student, it's a good destination to choose. And yeah, we got some pretty decent flights. So it all worked out. What was it about Thailand that attracted you? It just looked so fun. Like just the the scenery, the beaches, the blue waters. And it just seemed like such a beautiful place. And it also had that aspect of you can go out at night and it's just like a big party and also specifically on Koh Tao we went there for our diving certifications so that was a huge thing for us we we always wanted to go diving and do you remember what the ferry ride the boat ride over to Koh Tao was like it's pretty exciting laid back like everybody is taking in the view there's a lot of people on the boat People are having drinks. You're just kind of soaking up the sun and listening to the water. (laughs) Like, pretty nice ride over to the island. And then once you get there and you disboard from the boat, do you remember what your sort of first impressions of the island were? Just gorgeous, breathtaking. There was so much to look at all around you. There was some hills to one side and you could see all the palm trees and the ocean And then as you're walking to accommodations, there's all kinds of bars and restaurants and all kinds of things that you want to go check out. Like as soon as you get there, there's so much to see. So it's almost like a little village paradise. When you went there, how long were you planning on staying? I know we were planning on staying a lot longer than we were there. Planning on staying there for a couple nights for sure. That first day, Carla, her sister, and her friend Ashley go diving at Band's Diving School. We had a great time diving. We all got certified. Nothing about the diving itself was sketchy to me. But we came back, and I just remember we were like, oh, we got to celebrate. We got our diving certifications. And we were at the bar right across from Band's like front office. So the front office would be on one side of the main path, and the bar is literally like right across the path. It was just like laid back fun. We were probably watching some fire shows in the back, having drinks and like meeting all kinds of new people and people from different countries. That's part of the fun of traveling. And Sam, who I had met there in another location in Thailand, I was there with my sister and my good friend, Ashley. And we had all hung out with him and another couple people in Bangkok. 
Sam is Sam Venning, a British traveler who was in Bangkok and Katao at the same time as Carla. While Sam did not want to be interviewed for the podcast, Connor spoke with him and Sam confirmed Carla's story. And so anyways, he happened to be on our diving boat, which was like, oh, we ran into you on this island. That's pretty cool. So he was part of our group and we were hanging out and him and I just decided to go like walk around because there's so much to see there, especially at night. And we just wanted to like go explore a bit. And we like went walking probably all over Hell's Half Acre, down the path one way, looking around at everything and probably had a few drinks in our system as well. It sounds to me like this is the type of environment where you feel safe going walking around at night with a few drinks, right? Like you didn't feel uncomfortable or it to be dangerous or anything, right? Like Hotel felt safe. For sure. And I would compare it to, I haven't been to Vegas yet, but I imagine you're walking on the strip. Everything's so lively. There's people all around. That's the main places people go. It's not like we were walking down some shady, like back alley. It was like, we're on the strip. And like, maybe this, this little area was a part that was a bit quieter, like on that main strip. We didn't go off the main path or anything. Carla and Sam were walking along Sari Beach. So we're walking around, talking, like being probably kind of drunk and dumb, just being goofs walking around and and just it's like it's exciting. You've never seen this place, so just walking around and seeing what there is to look at is fun. We made it to what I remember as like a park area and it was dark by this time and I think things were starting to quiet down. By the time we got to this park area, him and I were literally just sitting side by side talking the whole time. And then what happens? We were sitting side by side and things were pretty quiet around the area by then and I remember getting just like a little bit of a bad feeling but I'm already scared of the dark to begin with so I don't know I kind of brushed it off I said oh well I'm with a male I'm probably fine whatever and I I remember saying to him though like maybe we should go back it's getting late and he's like oh no it's fine we're good and I think he maybe was like a little bit more drunk than I was at that point. It's like we were chatting side by side and just had our feet dangling on the edge of that little ocean runoff. And all of a sudden I heard the scuffle of flip-flops from behind us. Like literally like a couple seconds of the flip-flops. I jumped down, like that was my reaction. And I jumped down and looked back at the same time. And um, there was two men in masks. I jumped down at the same time, saw these two men in masks and ran towards the main path. I like ducked under the bridge and just booked it. And I was screaming and hysterical and crying. And I didn't know what was going on. I, I assumed somebody was chasing me. So I felt like I didn't have time to look back. So I crawled out of that little ocean runoff. And I remember seeing a guy like walking on the main path. I think he was a white guy, like he looked like a tourist. And I I just 
remember begging him, please help me. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what happened to my friend, Sam. Like I did not have any idea what was going on. I wasn't processing anything. I was just in a panic. Sam ran up like a couple minutes later and he had blood like rushing down his head. And this guy on the path like kept walking. It was probably like, oh, there's some like drunk girl crying or something. I don't know. As Sam ran up, two people took off on a motorbike pretty much at that exact same time, back down the path towards Vance. That's when Sam and I were like, holy shit. And we just started walking back to where I was staying off the path. And what was Sam's condition? It was dark. I just remember he was bleeding and he said that they hit him with a rock. And I don't remember how we even got back, and it's probably because we were in shock, but I don't remember anything that was said. I just remember once we got back to where I was staying, Sam had like a wound on his head. So you go home, you're with your sister and a friend. You are not bleeding, but Sam is bleeding. What do you tell your sister and friend? Actually, my sister was already really upset. We were gone and she was worried and in a panic and she was kind of like mad at us for being back so late. So we didn't really, she never knew what happened. She's quite a bit older than me. So she never really knew. I told my friend Ashley right away what happened and she consoled me. It was just scary too, because once we got back to, to where we are staying, in that little cabin thing. It was also off the main path. So I just couldn't help but think like, as Sam and I were walking back, I'm like, are they like out here somewhere like hiding? Are they watching where we go? Cause they literally took off in the same direction where we eventually followed. So it's like, are they gonna ambush us again? And I remember not sleeping that night. Every time I heard a motorbike, I was just like, are they coming to get us? I didn't feel safe at that point. And the next morning we knew we had to get the hell off that island, like the first boat off. So that's just what we did. So you cut your trip short to Kotel after that incident? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, it's such a small area that I wouldn't feel safe going out that, that night. I would think for sure, looking into the crowd, they're in here somewhere. They'll recognize me. Maybe they want to get get us again. It's just that small of an area that if there's two assailants out there, they're going to be somewhere in the crowd. And Koh Tao's a small island, but that strip's even smaller. It's like, think of an average street, but like there's an ocean behind it and bars. It's like, you're going to run into people that you've seen, like, no matter what. That really scared the shit out of me. Did you get a look at the two assailants? I saw the mask for a split second. I remember saying to myself and, like, telling other people, it was, like, those anonymous masks. Because I had never seen V for Vendetta at that point, so I just described it as, like, oh, it's, like, an anonymous mask. I googled um, Guy Fox mask and Thailand. And turns out in Thailand, there was a lot of protest. I'm not sure the politics of it, but a lot of those masks were used in the protests. A side note about the political situation in Thailand. 
From November 2013 through May 2014, there were several anti-government protests in Thailand. The crisis eventually resulted in the removal of the incumbent prime minister, a coup d'etat, and the establishment of a military junta. Could one of the protesters from that time have been involved with Carla and Sam's assault? Or could it have been someone posing as a protester? When the two men took off, I definitely saw brown, Asian-looking men. I can't really describe anything else, but it all happened so quickly. So the sense you got as you heard the sounds and looked behind you was there were two people with masks walking up on you, and they were definitely locals. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you even contemplate filing a police report? I remember I seriously contemplated filing a police report. It wasn't like, oh, well, I'm just going to move on. Like, I was like, holy shit, what can I do about this? And I, I know I explored my options. And I don't know if it was because the police station was closed, or if I googled like, Thailand police, like, can you trust them? And I ultimately came to the decision of like, no, it's better for me to get off this island as soon as possible. So yeah, that's what we did. Let's stop here for another break. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. 
join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Connor continued to speak with Carla about her traumatic experience on Katow. What happens a year later? I had told this story to like a lot of people just because it was crazy. And I think I was also dealing with some like PTSD, <laughs> like literally like the, the night we came home to Canada. I remember going out with my friends and somebody snuck up on us and like scared the shit out of me. I started crying and like going into like a full blown panic attack but anyways so a friend of mine from high school I think I like told this story at like a party or something and he sent me a news article saying I just remember he said I think you should see this and it it was uh about Hannah and David and I remember like opening the article and like seeing that spot I was like holy shit this is too crazy to be real because I I saw the spot and I was like that's literally where Sam and I were sitting there's the little like walkway bridge and I ran under that walkway bridge and there's pictures of like two body bags in that area where we were attacked and once I was sure that was the same place I just remember I started violently shaking I couldn't stop moving my body I I think I went into shock again. The realization of what happened to me and Sam, that they probably would have tried to murder us, really set in. Once I saw the two body bags in that area, I was like, holy shit. And Sam and I got in touch. We just talked about how close to death we were without really realizing it. We never really talked about it we didn't see each other again since that night he eventually left back to where he was staying and we never like truly talked about what happened until the deaths of hannah and david when you hear people talk about kotow now and the strange bizarre unexplained deaths and people express skepticism about one some all of them what goes through your mind it's a story that sounds too crazy to be real 
I'm sure a lot of skepticism comes from a lack of understanding of all the details and all the puzzle pieces. But I think some people write it off just because it's too crazy to be real. It doesn't sound like it's likely, especially with the term mafia being used. I think people have a lot of skepticism towards that because mafia is thrown around like there's some sort of like organized serial killer crime group on that island when really the term mafia is just like used to describe the fact that there's a very powerful family on that island, which is factual. (laughs) And, And I'm not saying I know all the ins and outs of like what's going on there, but there's definitely something strange with that family. And if one of them wanted to be like a murderer or like get away with whatever they wanted to, like rape Westerners or locals, their position in the family really sets them up to get away with it. It sounds to me like these deaths that you think it's entirely plausible and likely that some of them are the result of a really powerful group of people who run the island committing death murders or turning a blind eye to people committing murders and protecting essentially their own turf. Yes, it's definitely changed the way I travel. I love to travel, but I, I'll say I'm scared like a lot of places. Like I'm in the midst of trying to plan a destination wedding and I'm, I don't know, a little bit, little bit worried about certain places. I want to have a balance of being safe and also like not letting it hinder my ability to travel. But it, it does worry me. That, that will never leave the back of my mind. Listen, what you had happen to you is frightening and tragic. To see the exact location where two people a year later were murdered in the exact same spot where you had that incident is another layer of trauma on the trauma that you already experienced personally. Yeah, for sure. And definitely could have wrote off what happened to me. Within that year, it was like, wow, that was scary. But, you know, I'm moving on with my life. But once Hannah and David died, it was like a whole rush of new trauma. Oh, I just feel very much like I literally could have been Hannah. And I've, because of the internet, I've accidentally seen crime scene photos and they're just horrific. And I'm thankful every day that I'm still here. But that was a close call. More on that next time. If you have any information about Nick Pearson, please contact us at producers at kt-studios.com. For more information and relevant photos, follow us on Instagram at kt underscore studios. Death Island is produced by Stephanie Lidecker, Connor Powell, Andrew Arnau, Jeff Shane, Chris Kakaro, Gabriel Castillo, and me, Courtney Armstrong. Editing and sound design by Jeff Twa. Music by Vanacore Music. Death Island is a production of iHeartRadio and KT Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was wounded! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.